0: Hey, this is Lisa, and you can catch me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, The show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash I love that movie. And I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons there: Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Well, I have a returning guest on the podcast. I have Sarah, who is the co-host of the Geeks Chasing Squirrels podcast. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Doing well. Good to uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, we we yes, talked uh, not super recently, but fairly recently. <laughs> right.
1: Well, thanks for the invite again because always um, any time to sit with good friends and just talk fantastic movies and things we love and life and all that kind of good stuff. So, for
0: sure, I always really fun. appreciate having you. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess if people haven't heard your voice on the podcast before, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Um, yes, I'm Sarah Taylor. You can catch me on Twitter at My the Kitten and you can also catch me Friday nights at 9 Eastern on the Geeks Chasing Squirrel podcast with my fellow co-hosts Greg and Ross. We talk about pretty much anything and everything geek. We love talking about current films, current um, st- um, TV, you know, I don't want to say TV shows, but it's like streaming shows now. <laughs> um, I know, right? It's crazy um that's weird to think about but you're right I know and it's it's anything and everything in between and you know the squirrels hey man we chase them left and right it's it's um we have a good time you never know where where our conversations are going (laughs) to lead
0: I agree it's a good time both listening and being on it it's just like hanging out with a group of friends it's so fun and that's the whole point
1: I mean we just love these are things that we love you know we love um hearing it, you know each other's opinions um you know we love sometimes we agree sometimes we disagree um <laughs> but for the most part I mean it's it's fun. It's you yeah know, it's like a virtual sitting on the sitting on the couch Friday night, just kinda kicking back and just you know just hanging with a bunch of friends. I mean that's and we love having everybody into the um the chat. We love interacting with them. Um you know and also anytime anyone is ever wants to come on the show, I mean, we always have an open door, so, and of course, that goes for you,
0: Lisa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love being on. (laughs) Well, Sarah, um, you know, my guest always picks the movie, so what movie did you choose to talk about today?
1: Well, when you asked me about it, you know, I know we've talked about different films and whatnot, and then it hit me, I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to choose a film from one of my absolutely favorite actors, and that is Gerard Butler, which I think Gerard is more of like the American way to pronounce it, because I think it's more like I forgot how exactly it was supposed to be pronounced, but I don't care. Anything he's in, I'm going to watch. So one of my absolute favorite films is um, I believe it's 2003 or 2004, The Fan of the Opera. Yes, that was one of those films I can watch over and over and over again, and act and actually like the first of the year, I it was showing at my. Um, liquor theater that i love to go to and i went watched it again and was like watching it for the first time absolutely love this film
0: oh that's great i actually have never seen it so this is my first time watching it all the way through i actually picked something you haven't seen yes (laughs) yes and and i i love it when people do that because i think this is like one of those movies that i've been meaning to watch but i just haven't Mm -hmm. um i've also never like seen the play um so like completely new i mean i've heard the music but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just haven't like watched it enjoyed it so um you know my first time was watching it was uh you know recently so i'm excited to talk about it um now before we continue i do want to warn listeners that we will not be spoiler free so if you haven't seen this i would recommend watching it first but if you're still with us this is the synopsis of the film uh, from his hideout beneath in 19th century paris opera house the brooding phantom schemes to get closer to vocalist christine uh, the phantom wearing a mask to hide a congenital disfigurement strong arms management into giving the budding starlet key roles but christine instead falls for arts benefactor Raoul. Uh, terrified at the notion of her absence, the Phantom enacts a plan to keep Christine by his side while Raul tries to foil the scheme. Well, um, <laughs> so I, I have you seen the play as well? I was going to say that. Um,
1: I have to go way, 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 way back when I was basically my son's age 12. So 12 going on 13. It was eighth grade. Um, middle school it was it was like the coolest thing because we took two trips that year we took one trip to new york and one trip to i believe it was toronto canada oh so nice we went fun. To, yes it was we were like super full. it was great the bus ride <laughs> that, was not fun jealous, but everything yeah. else was <laughs> so honestly that's been the only time i've ever been to new york so we had the opportunity of actually going to a show on broadway and it oh, was wonderful. kind of the opera so i still remember bits and pieces of it and it was the only, the one thing I can really remember was at the very end, it was like, you saw the mask and it had like the light that was showing straight on it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so haunting. And yeah. you know, growing up, I always knew what the story of the Phantom Opera was because it was just always that kind of thing that pretty much just drew my interest. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you always have like this masked, mysterious figure, I mean, it's just like, Ooh. You know, just that mystery. Yeah, so, I really
0: like the plot a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's really interesting and the fact that it you know has been you know one of the longest Broadway running Broadway musicals. Um, Andrew um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, it was the music is just fantastic. I mean, it's I like just, the music. It's awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It came out in 1986, and it's based on the French novel uh, in in 1910 uh Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to pronounce it le fantôme de opera maybe Mm -hmm. um but yeah the 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 play as you said is extremely popular and i feel Mm -hmm. like the music is really catchy and it's something that kind of just stands out in everyone's mind even if like me even if you hadn't seen it you were aware of at least the music
1: if i'm not mistaken i want to say there was a black and white version of this film as well and it may have had I can't remember. I don't think it was Bella Lugosi. It might have been um, one of. Um, it was one of like the original actors of some of the classic monster films, and it was more of like a more of a, like the horror type. So that's one of the reasons why I love the the version of this movie because it was so much more romanticized. Uh-huh. Um, and plus, you know, like I said, throwing in my favorite actor, I'm like, I'm there. That's all you have to do because. Oh my gosh. I could, I've just gushed all over this movie because even my husband's like, you're watching that again. I was like, yes, I am. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I even love music so much. I actually have the soundtrack. So it's like some days it's like, I'll just pop it in and listen to that because the one thing that's so fun about this or so fantastic about this movie is you've got Emily Ross. She was, she's got a fantastic voice anyways. And I believe she was opera trained if I'm not mistaken.
0: That sounds um, right. Like most of the people in the movie seeing mm-hmm. except Minnie Driver. Right. But Gerard Butler,
1: he was not musically trained. Matter of fact, right. he was not even like trained, like theater trained, or mm-hmm. like he never went to like acting schools or anything like that. So for him to come in with that rawness of just, because I remember the first time I saw, heard his voice, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love you even more
0: now. <laughs> i feel like gerard butler started out more like kind of like romantic handsome type roles Uh until Uh like 300 or what was it 300 that i'm thinking yeah well and you know
1: it's like you're trying to choose like the all the like has felt like olympus is falling angel has fallen um what, London has fallen. Those, mm-hmm. I love those movies too. So that's why it was really <laughs> hard because I was like, I love this. I love this guy as an actor, but it's just so hard to pick a film. And so when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, found the opera's one that I could just literally watch over and over and over and over. So it's, it's, I, I just love this film. I just absolutely love it. I just, I love the, costume
0: I love the scenery I love the visuals I love the music I just love it yeah I really enjoyed it um it was nice getting to see like the full story and you're right I I do think there was an older like black and white film because my husband Mm -hmm. was saying the same thing he was like I think I saw that first he's like that's what I've seen so he when I told him I saw this movie he was like Oh, from like the nineteen, you know, like like a black and white movie. And I'm like, no, it was like 2004, and I was kind of like explaining to him about the the musical and stuff like that. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh no, I think I've only seen the black and white one. So um, I was like, well, this is what I remember, but I'll admit I didn't realize who the cast was. Like, I I didn't mm-hmm. know it was Gerard Butler, um, mm-hmm. and and Patrick Wilson. That surprised me too, and Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is quite a few names in it. Oh yeah, there's a
1: lot of them. It was like Miranda Richardson. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. really think about that as well. I mean, it's there's a lot of folks in this movie, and it's um, and that's what's so crazy because especially like Patrick Wilson, because he was in Aquaman. Of course, he's been in like other films as well. But the only thing I can really
0: think about that might have been general audience for somebody
1: to see would be Aquaman. And, and, you know, and that's the how,
0: uh, what do you call them the uh, those movies The, the Conjuring.
1: Yes. Also, see i haven't seen those films because horror is not really my thing oh gotcha no worries <laughs> but i know
0: of it yes i liked him in those movies and i was like is it just me or is he handsome and then i saw this and i was like oh well he, i guess he was like playing handsome roles for a long time
1: <laughs> it was not oh, just yeah me. and that's what's and yeah that's what's so fun about it it's just um i don't know it's just it's just one of those just one of those films where you see people that you recognize but it's just like Especially in the very beginning, I love how it opens up because it starts out black and white.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and then you see like older versions of characters. I mean, you can kind of tell they're, you know, aged, you know, above, but it's just really haunting, you know, the way mm-hmm. they actually start it. And then when you actually go into the opera house, because the opera house is like a character unto itself as well.
0: Yes. Um, yeah.
1: You know, with the opulence and, you know, you have like the underneath the catacombs, you know, the darkness and all that. Kind I love of thing. it. Yes. <laughs> exactly and so when it when it opens up and you know you bring up that chandelier and it just like goes into full like bloom you're like oh, okay i'm here i'm here so it's just really it grabs your attention and um and like i said it's just you know like a music you know the music starts right from the very beginning um and like i said i love the opulence of it as well and like mm-hmm. I said, the costumes and you know even with um mini driver's character you know being the um you know, the main, you know, the singer, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, just seeing how kind of crazy that is. And just and just the, the, the really inter- interesting interesting part of, like, the actual theater itself. Or, you mm-hmm. know, like, the, the lives of, like, like, all the theater folk. Um, you know, you've got the cast. You've got even with the, the dancers, even with, like, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, that kind of thing. So, um, so I'm curious, what's um, what are some of your what were some of your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Mulan Rouge, which came mm-hmm. out in 2001. But you know, obviously, uh, different director Lars. I I, ne- I can never say his name correctly. I need to look it up really fast so that I That's don't say. That's a fantastic it wrong. movie too. That's another <laughs> one I can watch over and over again. I love it. Me too, Boz Lerman. Okay, um, hopefully I said that right, but not the same director but it's Joel schumacher which is surprising to me like i didn't realize this was directed by Joel schumacher so kind of mm-hmm. cool but it has a like that kind of visually striking style that he had mm-hmm. and i i did really like when it like you said it, it transitions from we see that little monkey box thing that we're going to see mm-hmm. later but like when it sh- shows the opera house for the first time and you see all the dancers and their costumes and stuff, that part reminded me a lot of like the opening mm-hmm. uh, in Moulin Rouge. So I liked that. And um, you know, it's a little long. It's probably like two and a half hours. I think it says 143 minutes, almost two and a half mm-hmm. hours, but I didn't feel the length. Um, I thought it, it was good pacing and, and really good. I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I liked seeing, for me anyway, it was a very different type of role for Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that too. I, I thought he did a really good job. He made the Phantom compelling while, you know, at the same time, I thought he was, you know, a monster. I mean, he is. Yeah. But it's like they balanced that really well, I thought, in the movie, where I did feel empathy for him.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you know throughout the throughout the film it was just just so funny because it's like you're how signed his notes you're the opera ghost and so you had the two fellows that actually own the opera house and they're like who's this it's like keep my box open what what are you talking about it was but I think one of my favorites god I probably like so many favorite scenes but it was like the actual um masquerade oh yeah if if you're having a day if you love the music and you're having a day where you just like you just want to kind of celebrate or just like just be boisterous throw that um that music on oh man my car has like been singing from all hood to boot to everywhere else just masquerade, you know that kind of thing (laughs) so I'm like oh yeah it's oh that's one of my favorite things but um I think another one of my favorite scenes is actually when you meet the, the phantom for the first time. It's mm-hmm. like, because you hear him singing to Christine throughout the beginning. Yeah. But when after her performance um, and you actually meet him, see her, see him taking her down to, you know, his, his lair, so to speak, you're just like, Oh, I fell in love with him right then and there. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> steal me away anytime. Steal me away anytime. So, um, so yeah, it was it was really interesting because it was just not, it's like, you know, it was like he was more about her voice and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, being her teacher and, you know, that kind of thing. Because now that song, the, the Phantom of the Opera itself, that has played in my car more times than I can count as well. So. I, I love that.
0: Too. <laughs> Have you ever encountered people that really like um, musicals and operas kind of? having, like, a weird opinion about this one, like, I was trying to explain it to Nick, but I remember, like, growing up, some of the theater people that I knew were like, eh, I don't consider this. Like, like they they were kind of, like, I don't know, like, kinda stuffy about, about it. it or, yeah. yeah, a little Not snobbish, rich. and I, I wondered why that is. If you knew, or, like, because to me, really. I was like, I, was... I don't know, it seems great to me, but I, I'm like, is there something about it that is, was it just really popular, and that's why they have to, like, be different and not like it? Or, like, do you know why that is?
1: To be honest, I really didn't run any in any, like, theater circles, um, because, I mean, I was way out of school by the time this came out, so it was kind of like it was, you know, I had my own opinion, which, um, I mean, well, if I like something, I like <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Um you know i've pretty much try to have an open mind um i can probably see how you know if someone in theater may have thought that it might have felt like that because it was a bit commercialized
0: i was gonna say maybe it's like the hollywood aspect because i mean like like i love moulin rouge and but it same Mm -hmm. thing you know with the big names uh i think the chicago one too like when that movie Mm -hmm. came out people were kind of weird about it but then over time i think because those actors aren't like necessarily as popular as they were then they they see it a little differently i feel like one thing too might be that because you know we we both uh, same thing in the sense that like i did not grow up like seeing broadway plays i didn't see a lot of musicals Mm -hmm. i think this is like a good musical that pulls you in especially if you're not into tons Mm -hmm. of musicals like it's a good like starter musical maybe and so maybe that's but, why like if you're really into them you're like, "Oh, well, you know, they they like other ones." Kind of like when somebody loves music and they know mm-hmm. all these different bands and stuff and you, you know, you're like, "Oh, you like what's popular." It's like, "Well, yeah, I'm not as introduced to all that stuff as you are." So maybe that's right. what it is. Cuz I feel like well, it's like when you yeah. think about musicals, you think about like Sound of Music, you think of Grease,
1: you know, you think of, you know, things like yeah. that. Um with this one to me, I felt it was a film with music. It wasn't like it was music with the film around it.
0: hmm Yeah, and there's plenty know, that, of songs, but it's not quite as much as, like, the sound of music.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, you know, and maybe another thing, you know, because a lot of them, like I said, I think Emmy Ross was actually, like, trained. I think mm-hmm. a lot of other ones weren't. So, it was kind of like you're putting these actors in there, and, you know, you're basically creating... I mean, it was, but it had been like a Broadway musical for so many years.
0: Yeah, since and now 1986. Anytime you turn something
1: into a film, I mean, it's, you
0: know, I mean, people have, you've got purists.
1: <laughs> I mean, you've know, you
0: got purists and everything. So. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, I'm not a purist. <laughs> I enjoyed oh, it, but I just, <laughs> I just wanted to know your thoughts. I, I feel yeah. like it's a good movie for people that don't know a lot about, like, the story and, like, haven't seen the musical. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess as far as musicals go, for me personally, I really have always loved Les Miserables because, mm-hmm. honestly, my mother really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I didn't see this one, but it was also like very popular uh, when I was younger and I wanted to see it. I would see it. Um, the movie definitely <laughs> piqued my interest. It's got all this exciting stuff. Like you said, you've got like, mm-hmm. you know, literally a phantom of the opera this guy with this uh obsession got- with this starlet um i love his lair that you get to see later um in the catacombs like all that stuff was really fun mm-hmm. and there's like a big fire like there's just like a lot of like fun kind of dramatic things that happen throughout the film that well, are entertaining. you've got the heroine
1: you've got the hero you've got the villain you've got you know it's you have a, you know, you've got swords, you've got horses, you've got, you know, this big costumes, you've got, you know, it's just there's so much there that you have. You have, like, this really in- interesting story, and you finally get some sort of, which I don't think, because I, I think it deviated from the actual story, just the uh, hair. I can't remember if I've actually read the book. I, I mean, it's been, oh, my gosh, there's been so many, like, books and whatnot I've read I can't even remember if I've read you know that one um I know I remember growing up like when I was younger I had this it was like an abridged version of it so it was like more it was it was weird it was like this big book it wasn't very thick but it was covered in like canvas so it had like mm-hmm. a lot of photos which I know I still have around here somewhere but I just remember looking at that um so but even in in this iteration where you did kind of get a backstory on um which is the um the opera ghost you know Mm -hmm. how you know how he came to be or at least like i said in this version how he came you know to become the opera ghost and um i think was through the eyes or the storytelling of madame Cherie, and so that that gave like another level of okay let's try to understand this guy's psyche as to why he's doing what he's doing um and so you know you go through that whole story of Christine and Raul and you're like oh it's like a typical little love story and of course then you got to throw the phantom in there to kind of mix it up a little bit and then you know they've got to fight over her and they've got to do this that and other and and um finally I know I'm kind of glossing over a lot of stuff but you know like some of the you know my favorite scenes is like the the sword fight that Raul and the phantom have in the um graveyard in the cemetery that was really interesting um and they have like a little bit of oh we're gonna fight we're gonna fight you know that kind of thing You gotta fight over the girl <laughs> um and then also when on the, the top of the theater where you have christine and raul kind of basically declare their love for each other oh. that was a heartbreaking moment because then yeah. you saw the and i was like oh, oh no can he find a little <laughs> bit of love to <laughs> you gotta feel bad for this guy
0: and then, of course, Yeah, you know, even though he's violent, you I mean, when you find out his backstory, you feel sorry uh-huh. for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like that's like this dude really didn't have a chance to begin with. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's why his mind's kind of you know corrupt in a certain, you know, sort certain form. Um, but then also when you get reached, like the final crescendo of he writes his um, opera. Oh, my gosh. The name escapes me. Um, Don Juan. Yes, yeah, so it's done. One something, something, and um, that that was an intense scene too. Especially yeah. the, you know, when Christine finally realizes it's the phantom that's in that character because that's a little intense. I'm like, whoa, got a little spicy real quick. But <laughs> um, so and then once you get past that, and they're trying to trap the trap the ghost, it was it was so interesting how when they're actually going through the catacombs, and like Madame Cherie says, just like keep your hand to the level of your eyes. And you're thinking, why? Oh, you find out real quick because there's a lot of booby traps in that catacomb. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's when it gets like, you know, you get more of the action um, aspect of it. But then towards the very, like basically, like one of the last end, the end of it, when you're actually the the phantom has like basically kidnapped christine and he's like giving her ultimatum she's like you know you stay with me and i'll let him live and blah 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 and it's that's so heartbreaking that's yeah. just so heartbreaking because finally when she you know makes the choice and that one kiss you're just like oh oh my gosh that is just like oh you probably break into like a million pieces i know i just like <laughs> melted i was Aww. like I was like, stay with him, lady, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but even when she snatches the the mask off and you see like the disfigurement, or whatever, he's still hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that's terrible, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was really interesting. So I know, like I said, I know I've glossed over a lot of it, but no. then, then finally you see the, like you said, the monkey, like the, the music box and when everybody because the final that final scene after you see it you know when you know, he's singing you know the phantom you know that kind of thing and breaks that mirror and you're just like oh my gosh that is just like the ultimate I don't know what it is about that scene but it's just like I, I, I have no words I just absolutely have no words it's like all emotion you're just like oh you know that kind of thing where you want to like rewind it and watch it again <laughs> <laughs> you but, know what um, I was yeah no, I was just saying. I was just. I was just trying to finish that thought because it's, that scene is like literally seared into my brain. It's like I can, you know, I can listen to the music and I can see that, and it's just like, that's why it's. That's
0: why I love this movie so much. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know I if I've ever gotten
1: a movie like this as much.
0: I love it. Did you know? To me, the plot of this movie, like when I found out it was based on a French novel that didn't surprise me at all because the plot reminds me a lot of like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. It also kind of reminds me a little bit of beauty and the beast. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about like, that seems to be like a reoccurring theme in like French literature for whatever reason, like a guy that's like a beast or a monster and a a, a pretty woman basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I feel like when you mentioned earlier that like when you see him, you know under the mask you're like he's still beautiful i mean i feel like i don't know there's something about like him wearing the mask and being disfigured it almost feels like a metaphor you know like he's mm-hmm. beautiful but then he's got this dark side and literally like half his face is you know dark it's like that twisted part of him that's you know is
1: you know you don't really see that because it's covered mm-hmm. by the mask but it's just like that twisted part that you know, like the twisted bit of his psyche that just kind of, it's like you look, you like, he feels like he means well, it's like he has this idea, but in, in actuality, it's not healthy at all, mm-hmm. because you can't yeah. trap somebody and keep them right. prisoner in Right, which essence. again
0: is something that like the Beast did, right, like he like, mm-hmm. you know, Said, I'm not going to let go of your dad unless I can keep you. You know, or maybe that was in the just the Disney version. I don't know, but like right. that's what yeah, I based exactly. But <laughs> it's um, like Belle had to make a choice. It's like you know, mm-hmm. either
1: you know your you know your father's life, you know, for you to stay here, and of
0: course, yeah, you know, being the heroine she is, she's
1: like, of course, yes. Yeah. Same thing but goes for Christine.
0: Si- mm-hmm. And in a similar way, like he starts out really. Coming in really hot, you know, and and harsh, and then her, you know, the female heroine's good nature is like what makes him change his mind. Like he he wants to be mean to Christine, but then, you know, and mm-hmm. force her to stay. But then when she is so kind to him, and is like, "What happened to you? Like, why are you like this?" I thought, and and he ends up feeling so overwhelmed. He like lets her go. Um exactly. I thought that was really touching.
1: Hey, that's that's a pretty heavy moment too because it's mm-hmm. like you, you it's like sometimes it makes you kind of like question some of your life choices because you're just like okay well you're so dead set on this you know but yet just someone shows you like you said kindness or shows you I mean I'm, you know it was almost like a form of pity but mm-hmm. you know it's where she's like i just feel sorry for you because you know you just really didn't know any better yeah. And you know, it just kind of gives him that little bit like a kindness, that little bit of, you know, she gives kind of a, like a piece of herself. And then that mm-hmm. really like it changes him. You yeah. Know, it just, it reaches some part of that twisted psyche to where it's like, okay, well, it's like you, you reach the center. It's like <laughs> the, the rose bloomed again.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the movie, do they say why he's disfigured? or like I don't know it's just
1: basically it's just inferred because when you see him I mean you know he's just a child in like a sideshow and you never see his face because he has like the the hood on Mm -hmm. but it was the fact that he had been treated so badly and you know Mm -hmm. basically just treated like a an oddity so that's why you know he finally broke loose and you know had kind of hidden away from the world because the world never gave him any kindness so why should he give it in return
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think I read like, I think in the novel or maybe in the play or something that like his mother drank poison because she didn't want to have a kid. And Mm -hmm. then somehow that disfigured him. Um, But again, like that part kind of reminds me a little bit of like the hunchback of Notre Dame, like Mm -hmm. hiding in the tower and, you know, longing for a real human connection with mm-hmm. people and with a, a specifically a partner. Um, it's kind of like that, except that he's like nicer. At least the Disney version is nicer. I'm going to go yeah. on the Disney version again. I did read The Hunchback of Notre Dame, but it was a long time ago. I feel like he wasn't quite as nice in that. Yeah,
1: but, and that's um, the thing
0: about it. When you actually read the novels, it's a little bit
1: different than seeing yeah. like the films a lot of
0: time. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's like, I wonder... I guess that just happens, like, in a culture where there's, like, themes that are kind of explored over and over again. And I just thought that mm-hmm. was, like, an interesting part of it. But, yeah, like, I think all the scenes you talked about, I agree. Those were, like, the biggest scenes for me. I really liked any time. Oh, one thing I was going to ask about. I feel like it, I can't remember, or I feel like I missed something. When, when the Phantom kills one of the stagehands I guess like by hanging him mm-hmm. what was that punishment for like why did he go after that guy in particular again
1: well it was, it's kind of like one of those things where the phantom he saw it as his opera house it wasn't oh, anybody okay. it was his opera house so it was kind of his way of um marking his territory okay okay because okay. you know the, yeah because he had like ample freedom and so you had this one guy that it's almost like it's like he kind of
0: like challenges authority. I see. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and I think that's like maybe to remind us, like, hey, this guy's pretty ruthless. Like sometimes yes. we feel bad for him, and we start getting to be on his side, and then he does something like that, and you're like, oh you know, this guy's <laughs> kind of a bad guy, <laughs> kind of scary, yeah, exactly. And and poor Christine like believes that you know he's like an angel, mm-hmm. like. A guardian, and then at, at a certain point, she believes it's like her father's spirit or an angel sent by her father. Mm-hmm. And it takes at yeah, like her- first, she
1: thinks it's like her, yeah, it's like the angel of music that was sent by her father because apparently her father died when she was young,
0: yeah. But luckily, so, because, she,
1: um, yeah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just it was, it's like that was interesting trying to you know understand that relationship, you know, how she knew Raul and. Mm-hmm. You know, because they kind of talked about how they knew each other's children, and you know that kind of thing. And then you know, when she would talk about her father, and you know, apparently, you know, he was big in music, so it was something that they, you know, had a commonality with. And you know, just to see it as, and that was a way of basically the fans from trying to exploit that. You yeah. Know, you, know, you know, he would hear this, and he's like, "Oh, okay, that's my way in." Mm-hmm. So, um, uh,
0: that was it's kind of it's kind of creepy, but yeah like it's not a good way to get with somebody yeah not not a very
1: um healthy relationship
0: shall we say yeah yeah i don't think he had a lot of healthy relationships with anyone it seemed like
1: yeah i don't i don't think he really um
0: it's kind of like didn't really have a chance to begin with but Mm -hmm. he has that one pal that's in the theater that one girl that like helped him escape yeah like live in there
1: yeah she's like the um I, I was trying to I still cut kind of, it's, it's she's like one of those characters that's just there, mm-hmm. but I think she was actually a dancer because her daughter is one of the dancers is a the oh, friend of christine okay. um so she's kind of like told the stories throughout so she always kind of keeps the story of the phantom going because the phantom always gives her the notes to give to everyone else. oh yeah, and that's she right. just and she assumes it and she's like here's a note from the phantom and they're like what especially the two fellas that own it they're hilarious yeah Um, they're just like you know trying to and um carlotta which is Minnie drivers character they try to keep her happy because she's such a diva
0: yeah yeah she's like (laughs) the definition character too
1: (laughs) but um especially how the phantom basically sabotages her sabotages her voice so there christine gets the opportunity to actually you know be the star for once yeah so um i'll never forget the
0: the frog noise where carlotta's trying to go through her scales and just like oh my gosh yeah the phantom did that to her right because he like Mm -hmm. wasn't happy with her
1: well like i said he was trying to you know push her off and plus like i said he wasn't happy with her but to give christine you know the limelight so Mm -hmm. it worked it did (laughs) yeah his tricks tended to work so yeah absolutely (laughs) But um, but it was really interesting towards the end, where um, like I said, it's like when the Phantom finally exits, and then you kind of, and then her um Madame Cherie's daughter finds the um the music box, yeah. And then towards the end, or the very end, it's like you you go back to the beginning where it's present day, and apparently you mm-hmm. see where Roel and Christine had married, and you know had a nice little long life or whatnot. And then he put the music box down, and then right beside it was a rose with a ribbon and a ring tied to it. Yeah, because I think that was the ring that that Raúl had given Christine, but somehow I can't remember how. But I think the Phantom got it.
0: I think Christine gave it to him. Like she felt bad exactly. for him, and like to remember her by, she like gave. No, her he the put ring. he had put that
1: ring on her finger, and then when she left oh. after she kissed him, she took it off and handed it back to him. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then that's when he's like, just leave. Just leave. Get out of here. Go. Bye. <laughs> and then that's oh, we like yeah. just burned everything down. So that was a really haunting moment as well, because you're like, oh, is he still out there? What? It's like, he really is a phantom. <laughs> he's everywhere. Yeah.
0: I forgot to mention my three quick facts. I'll, I'll mention them here. Uh, We talked about the theater fire and apparently that was like an actual fire that Joel Schumacher Mm -hmm. wanted realism. So they like literally destroyed the theater for that scene, which I thought Mm -hmm. was kind of neat. Also in playing Christine's father in this movie, um, Raman Karim became the only actor to have played all three of Christine's loves. She plays his father in the movie version and then Raul and the phantom on stage. Oh, nice. So kind of a full circle moment. And then all the principal actors, we kind of already mentioned this one, sang in the film, except for Minnie Driver. Uh, Most of the actors have a background in musicals or opera, but Driver, a skilled singer, had no experience in opera. And so she was dubbed by Margaret Priest, a singing teacher. Um, However, Driver did contribute to the film's end title song, Learn to Be Lonely, which was written specifically for the film, by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, nice! Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's so many fun things about you know
0: films like this.
1: <laughs> you learn. Yeah, I much. agree. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Like I said, especially since I hadn't sat down and watched this before, I felt like I learned so much about it. Like watching it and then reading about it, I was just curious. Now I need to go see it. <laughs> oh, was there yeah, anything? that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to talk about like
1: <laughs> anything else i don't think so i mean it's pretty much um sorry that's my child in the background here he no isn't. it's okay um, <laughs> it's it's... but um no that's about it i mean i think i basically kind of you know touched on there's just so much i mean i could probably just talk about it forever <laughs> it feels like but but anyone if you know if you haven't if anyone hasn't seen it i recommend it if you've seen it if you already seen it see it again it's just it's a real treat it's just an absolute it's it's like that you know you get like a bowl of ice cream and then you know your favorite ice cream and you put all these fun toppings on it and then you put that little cherry on top and you're just like you just can't help but devour and it's just so good that's like the feeling I get from this movie it's just it takes you through so many emotions you know visually you know you see it's like you see it with your eyes you hear you know you hear it with your ears I mean it's just you know, you go through this myriad of emotions with the characters. I mean, I just, I just absolutely love it.
0: Wow. You really summed it up. Well, I was going to ask you like, what keeps you coming back and what's your pitch? But I think, I think you, you nailed it already. (laughs) Plus I love Gerard Butler too. I mean, I I (laughs) I
1: mean, a man in a a mask and, you know, a a cape and, you know, especially that can sing because his voice is just so, you can tell it's not trained because I think it was the fact that you know he never really had i think i read somewhere he never had a singing lesson but it was just it was his voice that kind of he just added more added more to the character you know yeah. that little bit of rawness you know that kind of thing
0: and it's just like ah oh, okay i believe it because I'll, yeah. I'll
1: throw the soundtrack in and
0: i'll just listen to it i'll just, I'll just to it. <laughs> i know it's a popular <laughs> soundtrack for sure well sarah oh, yeah, thank you <laughs> thank you so much for introducing me to this movie and thank you for picking it um I I hope to have you back soon. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Anytime.